I'm David. And I'm Lacey. And this is Life on the DL. Our friends and family are constantly asking us for our advice and opinions, which of course we'd love to share. And that inspired us to start this podcast, Life on the DL. Today we're sharing how we believed our life would look like when we were younger compared to how life actually played out as adults in our plans for the future. So I am really looking forward to this episode because it was fun to reflect on what I initially thought my life was going to look like. And it also gave David and I the opportunity to resync on our future goals and our plans for how we're going to get there. So I'll start us off today with my story about when I was growing up. Um, I always wanted to be a nurse or a doctor. Most of my family is in the healthcare industry. And since I looked up to them, of course, I wanted to follow the same career path. You know, I feel like it's like that for a lot of people as they're growing up. They pick their role model which is usually a family member, and they want to do everything just like them. But, you know, as a child, you don't really think about how undesirable working on the nights, weekends, and holidays are because time is more fluid um, before you are grown up. So essentially, you know, when you're really young, like in elementary school, that's when you have that skewed perception of time. As I got older, I did begin to recognize the time demand of a career in the healthcare industry because people can experience illness 24-7. But for some reason, I still decided to start my college education believing I would be a nurse And then after I started school, that transformed into me studying pre-med because then I wanted to be a doctor. What about you, David? Tell us about what you wanted to be. I had such a different expectation, at least when I was a child. Um, Don't judge me, but I wanted to be one of those gentlemen that rode on those nice, bright, yellow trucks called a trash truck that would compact it on the road um, again i was like seven yes um but i i really wanted to grow up and be a trash man now that's a great living <laughs> i mean it, don't get me wrong it, it actually is a very well paid um because who, who wants to do that right right so it's a very manual Just trade <laughs> exactly trade that's what i wanted to be but once i grew up Further in my teenage years, I really wanted to pursue a, I don't want to even say career, but a future in music. You know, I have this very deep passion and love for all things music and playing instruments, creating music, composing, and um, that's where I wanted to go. And when speaking to my mom, just like you, she was a nurse all her professional life and It was actually almost reverse advice was, as we know, Asian parents want every child to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. 
But hers was, don't ever become a doctor. Because she saw the struggles and the difficulties that her physicians went through um, at her workplace. And she didn't want or wish that upon myself. So that narrowed it down to lawyer or engineer. <laughs> and and she very much talked about how a um, future in music would not be very financially wise for me even if that's where I wanted to go. And I even pushed it as far as that was my chosen major in college. Those were the schools that I applied to, were all ones with great music and music conservatory programs. And actually that ended up being part of the reason why I left home and joined the military was because I couldn't come to a good consensus with my parents on what I should do when I got older. And after joining the military, as I got older, got married, had children, I wanted a career that really supported my family. And so I fell back into engineering, which really did turn out to be a great, solid career field after the military. It afforded me some great opportunities to even further graduate and postgraduate studies and find great, solid employment opportunities even to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one of the, what I consider the largest benefits of serving in the military is the educational opportunity that it provides. Um, So I think a lot of us never really know what we want to be and what we want to do. So we just keep trying new things and switching it up. Once we're tired of doing that or find something more interesting, kind of like how you described, David, um, you know, you thought you wanted to do one thing, you tried it for a while and then switched to engineering because it was more interesting to you at the time. So my personal journey in that way was that after I graduated college with my bachelor's degree, I decided I didn't want to continue my education at the time, um, which would have supported more of that healthcare field opportunity for me. Um, But, you know, I ended up with my major in psychology somehow. Um, So if you know anything about majoring in psychology, you know there's not a lot you can do with it other than continue your education, either to become a therapist or a psychiatrist, both requiring extensive education. And I was over it. So on a whim, I moved to Austin, Texas, and I tried to break into the tech field because honestly, I knew that's where the money was. I didn't want to go back to school and spend more of it. I was ready to make it. So luckily I did, and that led me to where I am now, but that could have definitely backfired, and I don't know what I would have done if it did. So I guess I'm just really lucky that things worked out the way they were, but I don't necessarily recommend that path for everyone. Well, that that actually brings up another great expectation versus reality or what we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, is living arrangements like where are we living where did you think you were going to actually grow up this goes back to the u.s census um, statistic and other studies about what is it i think it's 80 percent 
of the people in the U.S. are born, work, and then die within 40 miles of where they were born. That's such a high percentage. But I can see it. Exactly. And, I mean, I was born in Philadelphia, right? But grew up in Southern California, definitely more than 40 miles away. But um, grew up in Southern California. And as I was young, I think I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. I loved California, even from the Inland Empire. But I could get to Newport Beach in 20 minutes, right down the 91 to the 55 whether it was a school day or not. <laughs> I mean, um, and then in 30 minutes, I can be up in, in Big Bear, um, up in a nice cold climate. So it was, it was everything that I probably needed or wanted to live. Now, after joining the military, I discovered the beauty of Hawaii because I was stationed there. And in the back of my mind, I've always thought of and wanted to, at first I wanted to retire in Hawaii, but Really, I think it comes down to, I think I really love the comfort and just the laid back nature of being in a beach town, Mm -hmm. whether it is Southern California, Hawaii, what have you. So it's very, actually in a way similar to what I thought when I was growing up in California, what now is kind of um, what I'm looking for. Yeah, I love that about you. And I would love to live in California if things were different there. But too many taxes, too many politics in a way that I don't specifically agree with. So I'll leave it with I've always wanted to live near the beach. And that's one desire that hasn't changed that much on my end, except for the timing of when I want to do that. So I still would like to live near the beach and Charleston particularly sounds fairly enticing once we retire. But now that's different from where I want to live before I retire because I have a better understanding of income tax and property tax and the cost of living associated with living in certain areas or states versus others. So Texas is a great place for us to live right now since we're still working. And I think that we'll stay here until we retire, primarily for those tax benefits and supporting our financial goals. But also we really love it here. There's a lot to do. You know, our new place is very accessible. It's walkable as well as drivable. And I enjoy the weather, even if it's over 100 degrees every day this week. (laughs) I I agree. I mean, taxes are important. All of that is very important, but I think it still truly comes down to we can't live somewhere we love, even if there were no taxes, right? I mean, yes, the taxes are a huge benefit, but I don't think we could live here if we didn't love it in Texas. So that's still a factor that we have when we look at where are we going to live and uh, where are we going to retire. Um, It's really a balance between those financial aspects and personal fulfillment. Yeah, you have to take a more holistic view and take a step back to see the full big picture of all the pros and cons of living in particular areas. Definitely don't recommend picking a place just because of the tax benefits. It reminds me of um, a friend of mine who lives in 
California now, and I think he surfs almost every day, uh, even maybe not during the winter, but most of the quote surfing season. And sometimes that comes up in conversations like, man, real estate's expensive, taxes kill you. And, and he made a very bold statement saying, if I wasn't surfing every day and enjoying what California gives me in those aspects, there's no reason for me to live here because of those taxes. You're basically buying that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then there's no reason to pay those taxes. Now, speaking of retirement, that's another thing that has changed for me mm-hmm. from when I was young or younger to even very recently, the definition of retirement, you know, what I think retirement is. When I was younger, I thought retirement was you completely stop working and you live on the beach and you surf all day Mm -hmm. and that's it. But now retirement to me and I think to us is at that point where you can have financial independence to a degree that you don't depend on an employment income so that you can then use your time, our time, to do what makes us happy, even if it is in some sort of what you would call work, but it's not. It's more working for us than somebody else. And that can be something that's very flexible when it comes to age. Yeah, and I mean, if the only thing that brings me joy is being a beach bum, then that's exactly what we're going to (laughs) do. Yes. and We'll know when we get there. Yes. And I'll add, um, when I was younger, I told myself I would retire by 45. I think that's very, that was very unrealistic back then. And that was very realistic to me back then. If you looked at my definition, I just stopped working, live on the beach. But now looking at our definition of retirement, it's more realistically looking like from where we are now to retire at 55, at least for me. Yeah, I always assume that I would work until the typical retirement age, whatever that is. I don't even know, actually, what that specific age is. But I had that thought and belief because growing up, I never saw anyone younger that was already retired. And I didn't know anyone that was planning to retire early either. I think that there's also been an overall shift in mindset for these younger generations to not want to work for larger corporations or to work most of their lives in general. You know, you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs, people on TikTok that are making millions of dollars. But in general, I've seen it even in, you know, younger friends, younger family. They don't have the same beliefs in corporate America, I'll call it, or desires to be a part of that. So I agree with your views and definition of retirement. And now we've outlined some specific milestones and goals to support our desired timeline over the next few years, you know, until we get there. And it's it's even funny for me to say, because as a Gen Xer, Um, Before us, it was the greatest generation, and we thought we were the bleeding edge of we're totally going to be different from them, and we're not going to work 
until what this retirement age is. But I see more and more, you know, Gen X are working until retirement. And, and I saw some really crazy numbers when we were, when I was researching for this episode, according to Vanguard, the median 401k for people at quote retirement age of 65 was a whopping $83,000. And their total 401k that they're going to live on. Total 401k. Um, now I'm sure they're also assuming they would get some sort of 2,500, 3k, whatever that is Mm -hmm. from social security when they hit either max or when they hit the full social security age of 67, which that age keeps pushing um, with time. So when I saw that, that was the median, the average was about 200,000, but averages are usually skewed by your bigger numbers. So, but the median 83k is, that is not enough for retirement in any sense, at least in the United States. Yeah. And that's assuming probably that you own your house. You don't have a lot of the bills that pretty much everyone has mm-hmm. realistically. And if you're only 65, I mean, you have quite a few years left that you are going to have to somehow stretch that to cover. I think that's where many are depending on social security. So I hope Mm -hmm. social security survives every 20 years. They say social security is going to go bust, but it hasn't yet because they keep feeding it. And that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, I don't myself probably, but you, um, when you get to that social security age, it's probably not going to be there anymore. Or by then it'll be like 75 is your social security target age. We're planning as if it won't exist. (laughs) That's how we are retirement planning as of now, because you really have no way to predict the future and what that might look like when we do get to that age. Exactly. And with our plan of retirement when I'm 55, it definitely does not include Social Security. Social Security at 67 will just be added benefit later on. But Mm -hmm. our 55 retirement plan is just that then we can both stop working for a company and start working for ourselves and having fun and, and you know, giving back and, and doing all those things that you can't do until you retire. Yeah. So I think one other important call out is we have a number and if we hit it before our expected time frame, we'll retire early. Yes. Yes. Our retirement plan is a number, Mm -hmm. not an age. So mathematically at our current earnings and our current savings and our current market increase or at our current portfolio rate of increase over the last few years, this year being a pretty horrible one though, but still mathematically we should hit our target number at about 55 but like you said, if we 55 hit 55 for you, 55 for me, <laughs> but if we hit it at 50, we're retiring at 50. Yep. Checking out. So this is something that David and I really enjoy talking about and reflecting on like how my personal mindset has shifted over time and how ours collectively has as well. When it comes to our life and our vision for the future. We'd love to hear more about your thoughts on how your 
expectations were when you were a kid change to how your life has actually planned out? Has anyone else wanted to be a garbage man, a nurse or doctor and transformed in a completely different way? Let us know. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast networks with new episodes dropping every Tuesday. We'd love to hear your questions at Life on the DL on Instagram or email us at Life on the DL podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on our new episodes. If you love today's show, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you tune in.